Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Hey, I'm Elijah Hollis, lead pastor here of Change. Man, it's just a, a blessing to be in the house today. Anybody else like coming to church? Amazing. Incredible when you gather with some amazing world changers, what it does to the atmosphere. It's a life-giving place. And I'm just excited for this season. We're moving to season two. We do life in seasons here at Change. And so we've moved into season two officially. So welcome to it. And I wanted to set the, the foundation of this season today um, before we move on in our series. Next week is going to be so good. Man, you're not going to want to miss it. Going to a series called Drawing, Drawing Circle. And it's going to be phenomenal. We're going to be talking through how do we intentionally get to where we need to go? How do we create a tribe to do it with? So it's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. It's going to change your life. You're going to want to invite everybody and come on out. It's going to be amazing. Okay? It's going to change your life. Uh, but season two, just really praying and seeking God over this season. It's God, what do you want to do? How many don't ever want to move without God telling you where to move, right? Just one of those things we've been super intentional from the beginning of this church to make sure he's the leader, that we're not just coming up with good ideas, uh, but they are God ideas. So we're just really praying over this season, God, what do you want? What are you speaking? And he said, I want to move mountains. Okay. How many need a little clarity sometimes with God's words? Like, okay, clarify. He said, I want to move mountains. So how are we going to do that? And he just led me to this scripture in James to kind of set the groundwork for today. So would you stand up? I know I just made you sit down. Maybe we'll just keep everybody standing until this happens so we don't have the workout. But it's good for you, right, to work out. So stand for the reading of God's word. Let's honor his word. James chapter 2, return with your Bibles, uh, verse 14. You've got electronic Bibles. You can click there. James chapter 2, verse 14. It says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. God, we just pray that you speak to us through your word today. That it penetrate to the heart deep down in our souls. To change us from the inside out. That we could become the change those around us. God, I just pray for this season of moving mountains. You would help us to step into all that you have planned. We love you, Father. We give it all to you. In your name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thanks. You may be seated. I want to dive into this because he's talking and he's saying, hey, what good is it if you have a bunch of good faith and you believe it, but there's no action married to it? 
He said, it's just like, you know, he's just throwing out an example. He's like, it's just like, you know, you see someone, they're without food. They don't have that daily income of food, so they're starving. And you come up to them and you say, hey, take courage. The Lord is good. Be well fed. Go. Have a great life. But you do nothing to meet the need. What good is it? And in the same way, faith, believing in something without moving in something is dead. So faith without actions is, everybody say it with me, dead. It dead. Dead. Gone. It gone. And sometimes we can settle for a faith that is dead. Believe wholeheartedly in it. Go to church all the time to hear about it. Read a Bible and believe everything in it. Sing songs that proclaim it. But yet if you don't move in it, it is dead. That's huge. And think about it like this. If you have an amazing car, let's dream big, so it's got a V12 in it. Any car guys in the room? No? Okay. V12. Maybe we have silent. V12, you got the leather-bound two-tone. I mean, everything's souped up. Got the short shifter, you know, the, the rims on it. Just aggressive, just, you know, it's got the suspension that just hugs those corners. Just amazing. So much horsepower. This thing's built to fly, okay? Now, wouldn't it be a shame if you had all this power souped up in one car and you left it in the garage the entire lifetime of the car? So sad. That'd be such a waste. And he said, if you have faith enough to move mountains, see things come, kingdom come down to earth, change the atmosphere, you believe in this God that created the universe with his words, people. That's crazy. You believe in all of this and this greatest, but you're keeping it in the garage. You open it every once in a while. Look at that faith. Wow, that car is hot, isn't it? Look at that, mean machine. But you never get in the car and drive it. So your faith is dead. It's not living out its purpose. It's not coming alive to why it is in existence. And can I just tell you this, that we are a church that not only comes into a space and believes all the same thing, and, and talks a good talk and makes statements, you know, where this is a season of moving mountains and we believe that God can move mountains and we believe that he is the God of all. We believe that he can give us anything we desire. We believe that we're going to see miracles and all this stuff. We're not just going to be a church that speaks a good talk. We're going to be a church that moves in the spirit of God and sees it come to be. And God spoke over the season. He said, the way you're going to move mountains is when you marry faith with action. You got a lot of faith. You're speaking a good talk. You believe in your heart all the things. You've got a great car in the garage. But it's time to move. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's like my son. My, Zion was one of those kids that he can't stop. He still can't stop. He's always constantly bouncing a ball, jumping, running, you know, talking to himself. Like, oh, yeah, jump, yeah, I'm going to jump. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. You just watch him like he's just always on the move, right? This kid is crazy. We went out to uh, the baseball game, Aiden's baseball game. They won, by the way, because he's awesome. But just want to throw that in there. Links, go links. They're orange. Doc's favorite color is orange. Takeover's orange. So, you know, the whole. Anyway, so we're there. We're watching the game. But Zion can't just watch the game. He's off on the sidelines playing. Like, he's moving. He's throwing tennis balls. He's running. He's. And then all that night, he's like thinking, like, he's playing baseball, you know? So he's like, you know, it's just, he's that kid. So when he was little, you could tell he had an urgency in the moment. He wanted to move. He goes, I know I got diapers on, right? That's all I got on, but I want to go. Like, let's go. Like, just this little kid. Now, it would be one thing for me to come down and say, hey, Zion. Hey, buddy. Now, listen. Walking goes like this. You take a step, put your foot down. Take another step, put your foot down. Now the balance is super crucial, right? You want to stay balanced, you want to make sure your toes are down, because if your toes are up, it makes it kind of awkward, you know? And you can use a banister to hold on at first, you know? And if I would just keep it there to where this kid has head knowledge, it wouldn't help him move in the power and authority that he has in walking. He would still know how to walk, he would know all the things about walking, but he would never move. Can I tell you that there's power in movement? There's power in movement. And y'all aren't hearing me yet. It's like, you know, if you have a bicycle, and I bought you a bicycle, but you can't ride a bike, right? So I bought you a bicycle, and I told you, yo, man, this bicycle is sick, right? And you got to take the pedals and when you move the pedals, the, the wheels move because the chain moves the, the wheels and it goes real fast and you hold onto the handles, you can turn it. Now, if you keep a head knowledge, but you never get on the bike, you'll never know the power of that bike. You'll never know where it can go. You'll never feel the air in your hair, you know? You'll never have that amazing feeling of like zooming down, taking your hands off the handlebars and like, ah, you know? Like that amazing feeling you get. You'll never feel it if I keep it to where... I know how it is, but I never jump on the bike. You'll never experience the things of God unless you move in the things of God. You can believe all you want. You can know all you want. So I have to ask the question today. As we move to this season, what is your faith built on? What's your faith built on? Matthew chapter 7 verse 26 says, But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice as like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Dummy. What an, you know? The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and guess what happened? Duh. It fell to the ground. The house didn't stand. I have to ask you, what is your faith built on? Is it a sermon? Is it a song? Did Caleb just bring it down in your car? Right? And you're just like, oh my word, this song. God, you are so good. This song, I've got to pull over. Oh my word, pull over. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Oh, you know? Is it like based on that moment of emotion? Did you hear a sermon and it was just like, ah! like God was just screaming inside of you and you're like, fire! Because of this like, message or inspiration? Does, is your faith built on that? Is your faith built on doctrine? 
Did you learn and study and you know everything about the scriptures and everything about what Jesus did? You know theology of all? Is your faith built on that? Because he says, if you hear my words, if you get all this knowledge, if you know all this stuff, but you never marry it with action, you're like a foolish man that builds his house on sand. And as soon as life gets real, can we just talk a little bit about life getting real? Because some of us are like, we get all high in emotions. We're like, God is so good, man. He's like the best. And Jesus is all, man. He's like everything to me, man. And then as soon as life hits, it's like, what? My job's not lining up. My family's not done. I walk away, man. That's crazy. Like, I thought this was going to be a life of blessing and favor. And here I am, like, going through storms. Can we just talk about how life gets real? voice 
is super powerful. In fact, the Bible calls it uh, a weapon because it says it speaks either life or death. So you do something with your words. There's no neutral ground. Did you know that? No neutral ground. There's no words that's like, that didn't do anything to me. No, it either built you up or tore you down. And everything you speak is doing that same thing. You're either building up or tearing down. I'm either giving life to you or I'm speaking death into you. There's no middle ground. So knowing this, you got to know your voice is super powerful. Uh, the scripture when Jesus was talking to his disciples and they came and they're like, God, why can't we, you know, why can't we cast out this demon? This demon is crazy. It's so powerful. We couldn't do it. And Jesus steps in and casts it out like just like that, right? And they're like, why? And he says, because your faith is too small. He said, if you have faith as little as a mustard seed and you say to this mountain, and Jesus was showing them that it's not just believing because faith as little as a mustard seed can get things done. It's not your faith. It's not, not how much faith do you have. It's a faith as little as a mustard seed, but putting action to faith. It's, it's marrying the two to believe who God is and moving in who God is. It's to putting action to your faith because faith without action is dead. But when we move into things of God, all of a sudden we start to feel what it feels like to ride a bike. We start to feel what it feels like to, to turn those corners and see what the V12 can do. Yeah, come on. We get to see what God can do in our lives. How many want to see God move in your life? How many want to see God move in this season in such a powerful way, a way you haven't experienced yet? I think that's our desire. And that's what we all believe. But this is going to be a season of intentionality. We step into it, we speak. We use our voice to speak things into existence. Some of you have lost your voice. You've entirely lost your voice, or you've lost the intentionality over what is spoken over you. I think there's so many voices spoken over you every week, every day. And if you know that words either speak life or death, so you know that all week long, we are getting a lot of death spoken over us. It's just reality. Everywhere you go, if, if not someone's not filling the spirit and you know just pouring life into you, you're getting death. You're giving out. So I really want to encourage us in this season to step in intentionally and as a church really step into a life where God is using us to shift atmospheres, to make things happen. To cast out mountains. Tell them to get out of the way. To get out of the way. In James chapter 1, verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what it looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives, everybody say it, freedom. Freedom. When you step into this life with Christ, it doesn't bind you. It gives you freedom. Now, can we talk about risk for a second? Because there's so much risk. How many know that Zion would be safe if he stayed in the ground, but as soon as he gets on that bike, there's now risk that he might fall and hurt himself? just reality. When you start to step out in faith, you start to put action to your faith, there is so much risk that comes with it. What if 
what if I'm praying and nothing happens? What if I invite somebody and they don't want to come and they say no? Awkward. Can we still be friends? What if I step out and I, I'm moving and things, but it doesn't happen like I think it should? Those are the what ifs. That's the risk. But can I tell you that the reward always outweighs the risk? The reward always outweighs the risk. And here's what we're going to do as a church. We're stepping into a life of risk. We're stepping into a life of action because we believe that the reward is so much better than the insecurity feelings and the things, the doubt that's going to come in and all the risky business that we're going to feel and the awkwardness on the bike of like, oh, almost fell. Oh, almost fell, you know? Or even taking a spill. Hey, take your bike to the grass. It's a lot softer, okay? But do something to move in the things of God because it's in that risk that you get the reward. The Bible says that Jesus looked beyond the cross. He looked at the right hand of the Father where he was headed. If you can look into your season and say, this is where I want to be. As a family, as a couple, as a student, as a person, as an individual who's moving things of God, this is where I want to be. I want to be moving in him, seeing him at work in my life. And so I have to go through the risk. I have to go through the falls. I have to go through the awkward, insecure feelings to get to where I want to be in the bold, courageous What do you want? What's your desire? Where do you want to be? Do you want to move mountains? Well, guess what? Moving mountains is risky business. Because mountains are big. Barriers are huge. Obstacles might be there for years. But just like we declared today, it's the name of Jesus that we work in. We don't work in our own name. We don't scrounge up enough courage to be like, all right, I'm, I'm a bold awesome, strong Christian so I can move this thing. No, it's not in you. It's what's in you. <laughs> it's not you. It's what's in you. It's powerful. So there are three things I want to encourage us as a church to do for this, this season. How many want to do this season on purpose? All right. So this house, and if you call this place your home, I want to really encourage you. If not, hey, welcome to the fam. Welcome to the family meeting, okay? We're going to have a little family meeting real quick. Okay? Here's three things I want us to do in this season to be intentional about uh, stepping up with the Father and really move into a season of moving mountains. And I believe that God is going to move in you and through you in so many huge ways, um, but it's being intentional about stepping in. So here are three things that I'm really praying over your home, and, I'm, and I want to I encourage you to step into to be intentional about this. Number one, if you're not already, having a daily appointment with the King. You have to ask yourself the question, who starts my day? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? What is it? Is it checking your emails? Whatever foundation you set for the day will set the course of all day long. So it's very important that you set that day on the right course. You start it with the king. And can I just encourage you? All you gotta do is set the table. He brings the meal. No pressure. You just come. Show up. He's already set the date. He has what he wants to give you. You just open your Bible. He's already, he's already written it, you know? So open your Bible. Start reading. Listen to his voice. Pray to him. Let him fill you up. Let him call you who you are. Number one, set an appointment with the king. If you're not already, do that daily. And this is for 90 days, by the way. This season's about four months, but I'm going to say 90 days. I'm going to challenge you in this, okay? 
Is that cool? Cool. And we'll follow up. Maybe we can put an email out there. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot something out there so y'all can have it. But write this down. So the next 90 days, set an appointment with the king and make it non-negotiable. No one gets that time but him. Y'all heard? Okay. Non-negotiable. This is foundation for this season. If you don't have this, I'm sorry. You're going to miss out on everything we're going to be talking about on Sundays. Okay? Everything we're going to be pushing out throughout the week, everything we're going to be doing as a church, you're going to miss out on it. So this is number one. Very important. Number two, I want to talk about your finances. So this season, maybe these past seasons have been really hard for you. You know? And you've had some barriers in your finances. Either job, promotion, whatever. Like you just don't have enough to make ends meet. I hear that a lot. Like, I just don't have enough. I just don't have enough. Can I challenge you for the next 90 days to tithe? Okay? If you call change your home, tithe. If not, hey, I just encourage you to do it anyways. It's just good practice. It's a principle that's in motion. So God said, bless, you know, give the first 10% and then I'll bless the rest. Now, this isn't a give 100 bucks and you're going to give a thousand. You're going to get a thousand. I've never preached a sermon like that. This is favor. Favor not only over your finances, but over everything else. I mean, I actually have seen this done so many times in our life. And it's just being consistent. So let me tell you, if you're going through a financial struggle, start with tithing. Let me tell you how to do it. It's super easy. When a paycheck comes in or when any money comes in, the first 10% gets set aside. Don't wait. There's a ton of other voices that want that money. Okay? Yeah? You feel me? Okay. There's a lot of things that want that money. You have to be intentional saying, I'm setting apart, just like the time in your day. A lot of things are going to be shouting for your attention right as you open your eyes. A lot of people want your time. you got to set it aside. No, this is the Father's. This is, I'm setting this aside to bring kingdom down to earth. Okay? So second thing, tithing. Third thing, consistency. Can I challenge you for the next 90 days? Make Sunday a non-negotiable. Get your family to church. Why? Because there's power of life and death in words that are spoken, right? Voices are speaking over your family. All week long, you have death spoken over your family. Everywhere you go. Your kids are getting at school. You're getting at your job. Everywhere you go, there's death, death, death. Unless, unless you like hang out with Christians all around. You have like a circle of Christians and you go and you're like, hey, glory, 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 Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Like, okay, you might live in that world. And that's amazing. You know, bow to you. But for all the rest of us, the majority of us who live in the real world, you know, you step into these zones where death is spoken over you. So for one hour of your week, maybe an hour and a half, if you get a little 15 minutes to, to socialize and stuff, take someone out to lunch, um, can I encourage you, take one hour and be intentional about getting into a space that speaks life into you and speaks life into your family. I bring my kids to church, not because they have to, but because I know the change kids workers are going to pour life into my kids. They are going to leave energized, believe me, energized, excited, telling mom and dad what they learned. They're going to have so much life in them when we leave this space. It's intentional. I want them there. I need to come to church to rub shoulders with others that have life in them. Why? They're going to speak that life into me. So for the next 90 days, 13 weeks, 13 weeks to challenge you. Make it a habit. Make it a non-negotiable. So these are three non-negotiables. Time with the Father in the morning. Tithing the first fruit because that's favor over everything in your life. That's a, that's a no-brainer to me. Might not be a no-brainer to you, and that's okay. If you want to see me afterwards, I'd love to talk to you more about it. If you have questions, or like, I don't understand the whole tithing thing. Why do you all talk about it? Like, just ask me. I promise you, I'll tell you five stories, and you'll be like, what the jazz? I gotta do it. Okay, third thing, be consistent, okay? 
the, the statistics right now is like if you go to church like once a month, you're regular, okay? We're going to break that statistic and change. We're going to break that statistic and change. We're going to break it because it's, it's not healthy. We're going to be a consistent church. So I challenge you and your family to do that. Okay, so if you're doing all those things, that's awesome. Way to go. You Check, check, check. If you're already doing that, here's the next three, okay? This is the next level. So if you're going to do those, that's amazing. Here's the next level. Number one, take risk. Step out and move in, in faith. Put your faith to action. So this season, look for ways and pray. This is a simple, practical way you can do it. God, show me one person a day, one person a week, wherever you are. You know, if you're already doing like one a week, hey, maybe you want to do two weeks. Show me a person where I can reach out, love on them, and pray for them. Talk about walking on water. It's easy in here. That's where we're going, okay? This is just to get us ready for what we're doing out there, putting faith to action. We're building our faith in here. We're moving in our faith out there. You got it? Take risk. Number two, giving goals. Now, why am I all about this? Because it's so important. Having a generous spirit, having a generosity about you is not for you. Or I'm sorry, it's not for others, it's not for God. Tithing is not for God. God does not need your money, okay? Tithing is not for change. Change does not need your money. We work in kingdom things. God provides. God is our provider. Generosity is for you. It opens up your heart and lets you experience who Jesus is. God loves so much that he gave, right? It's just out of the love giving came. So I challenge you, if you're already tithing, awesome, that's the foundation. If you're not tithing yet, this isn't a conviction thing, it's just, I love you so much, and I'm speaking as a father today. I love you, and I love this house, and I want you to succeed. So if you're already there, and you already got the basis, you already set 10% aside, awesome. What's giving goals? Ask God. God, what do you want me to be a part of? Maybe you want to give more to the kids' ministry. Maybe you want to give more to see Takeover Youth really take off. Maybe you want to give more to see outreach to missions and really become a part of that. What is it? What does God want to lay on your heart to give more, to be above and beyond? Tithing is for you, right? Generosity is for others. How can you step into going above and beyond just blessing your house? Now, how can you bless others? Are we good? You good? Okay. Third thing, last thing, be a, become a bringer. Become a bringer. So if you're already tithing, you're already you know, have your time with God and you're already coming consistently, awesome. Next phase, take risk, giving goals, get above and beyond. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Become a bringer. Look for people, pray for people, invite people, bring them. Take away the barriers. Hey, let's go out to lunch afterwards. Hey, I'll take you. Do you need a ride? Whatever it is, take away the barriers and become a bringer. And this season, for the next 90 days, I challenge you and I encourage you because God is going to move, but he doesn't just move in your life without you taking step because faith without action is dead. But we build a foundation with experience, with movement. As we move in the things of God, we start to experience what he does. We start to build a foundation for our faith. Now all of a sudden it's not a song, a sermon, a doctrine. Now it's an experience, an encounter with him that we base our faith on. So when you, when you come up to another mountain, you're already looking back and saying, well, look at the mountain he moved last year. Well, look at the mountain he moved last week. Okay, of course he can move this mountain because my faith is based on experience. You can't shake my faith because of all the miracles I've experienced. I'm not debating with you all the books I've read and all the doctrine I know. And I'm not debating with you with that. I'm debating with you with real life experience. I've had experience. I've had 
tumors and stuff, go away in the presence of the Father. You can't shake my faith. That's what I want for you. Is when you take risks and you start having movement, you start experiencing the miracles of God. You start seeing the job promotions, all stuff like all this favor on your life, and you're like, no brainer. I'm, yeah, you don't have to convince me because I have experience. All right, you ready for that? I want to pray over you. Would you stand to your feet? Man, if you want this in this season and you're ready, just lift up your hand, just surrender to God. This moment, we're just going to take one moment, just pray. God, I thank you so much. God, I thank you for who you are, what you're speaking over our season. And God, right now, we just surrender to you and we step in boldly to take risk. God, I pray for everyone in this room that you would help them to be bold in the way that they step out, the way that they move, the way they put action to faith. It's not just something we believe, but it's something we move in. God, that we take the car out of the garage. We jump on the bike. We start walking, taking those little steps. See you move. Spirit of God, I just release. Just that fire in our hearts. Urgency in us. Let our eyes be stamped with the vision of God. That we move in things of you. Father, we love you and we trust you. Amen. Amen. Hosts are going to get ready. We're going to move into a time of worship and our giving. And just thank you so much because you give. We're able to do a ton in this city, be a part of what God's doing, um, and just really be a part of the change. So thank you for caring. Thank you for being involved and in just really representing Jesus well. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at This Is Change PHL. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.